So <laughs> I think we we're talking about uh, before we started recording. The last time I saw you was at the uh, improv class that I was teaching. Yes, I <laughs> it's been it. it's been a crazy couple of months. What have you been up to during that time? Uh, since the the last improv class, <laughs> that'll be the time marker for COVID. Um, I, along with some friends that you know, uh, Andrea, Randy, and Saren went, and April went to... Yeah, all improv people as well. Yeah, the improv crew, half of it, <laughs> went to uh, Mendocino. Uh, one of our friend's moms, Saren's mom, has a farm there. Oh, wow. And it's like an art farm, cool sculptures, crazy, like uh, just artists roll through. And yeah. she kind of hosts them, and you do work on the land to stay there for a little while, like touring bands and stuff like that. Whoa. And so we got to stay there for, we went thinking it was like, I was all reluctant. I was like, uh, they were like, let's go, let's go. And I still was working at the time. And I was like, I don't know, like work is going to think I'm like scared or like, I don't know. I'm going to tell them like, Hey, I'm going to go hide away like, yeah. while they're still open. It, it just felt weird. And then, so I was like, all right, I'll go for one week. I'll tell my job one week and I'll come back. And then the day that we drove up, uh, like on the car ride, it was like 12 or 13 hours. California went on lockdown and then so my job was closed and then we ended up staying there for six weeks and it was crazy yeah and then we came back and got to see the the COVID world yeah yeah that must have been interesting to like be so disconnected for a couple of weeks it was crazy it was like it was 98% a blessing 2% a curse I guess just kind of that adjustment when you get back but it was like there were so many times when we were up there where it was just, I barely even, I caught, I kept up with like the headlines, right. but I barely, I didn't like dive in too deep, but we would like every once in a while, one of us would give a news update, yeah, right. kind of update the group. And, um, especially Ricky, Saren's mom, uh, cause she's, uh, her and her boyfriend are, uh, like older and immunocompromised a mm. little. So they were like very diligent. Like we didn't leave that farm for, I left twice to get food. Everyone else left once. Like, I was the only one that went on this mission <laughs> the second time <laughs> with uh, with her boyfriend. And, like, we came back, like, sanitized everything, mm-hmm. get in the shower immediately, wash your clothes. Like, super, super uh, official, like, real quarantine rules. But, yeah, it was – we were in a bubble. And I, <laughs> I like, <laughs> felt almost guilty sometimes. Yeah. Because it was, like, we just rec- – we were literally wake up, hang out, uh, work on the farm for a couple hours, eat awesome food that we'd grow and then make music. We made like 30 songs and Damn. just, just like, it was like a true art farm experience yeah. of just like craziness like that. And so definitely felt, uh, people would probably be a little jealous. <laughs> yeah. That seems saw. like the best, that's like the best quarantine story I've heard so far. It was awesome. Yeah. And I have a bunch of, I'm from New York and so I've got a bunch of friends there and they would uh, Zoom call me sometimes, and it was like there. It was so gnarly, especially. Yeah, and yeah so my they sister's were, living there right now. Yeah, so. so they were on like real deal. Like California was on the real lockdown just as much, mm-hmm. but theirs was like. In somehow it just felt gnarlier. <laughs> like, yeah, I know at first they were worse with cases and stuff. So they were all like, they weren't even seeing each other, my friends, and it's like friends that live in the same town still, and they would just like we'd all be on Zoom, and I'm like, I'm like too busy most of the time like they're like oh let's zoom again and let's zoom this day and this day and this day and I'm like I would love to but like I'm, I'm blessed 
<laughs> I would if I wasn't so lucky. Like, I've got stuff to do because they're all just home. Yeah. The whole time, like just I bored. felt so. It was just crazy because they weren't even unique cases. I was yeah. the unique one. Oh so no, it was definitely like, unique. Yeah. It was just crazy to see because that would that would definitely be my closest uh, <laughs> reminder, like my most like. Uh, whatever my most personal reminder where i was like oh these are my friends and they're like living a such a different life yeah definitely right yeah and that was probably the majority of people yeah it was <laughs> so crazy. then what it, what was it like coming back and being thrust into the the world that we live in now it was it was weird and it still is weird i feel like right away i came back and actually before me and andrea even went to our house we Stopped at the beach because it was the red tide at that time. And it was like all I was hearing about. So we were like, all right, cool. We stopped there and it was like really crowded on the sand. And we were like, it was like sensory overload. Yeah, I, was yeah. like, I was not uh, like, I went from zero to a million. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And we were just like, and we were just like, oh, this can't be good. And they <laughs> just opened the beaches like right before that. Right. And it was like, this is just a bad thing yeah like it sucks that that had to happen of course during covid we're like this one spectacle everyone wants to go see and so it was weird and then the days following like it's just weird it was weird being around friends for the six weeks but only specific friends and no change or anything and mm -hmm. then coming back and it's like it was just like especially then when we came back it was like may and it was still really in the thick of lockdown where it was like right. we it's kind of like, oh, I'm back. But mm -hmm. it's like, you can't really do that. It was yeah. kind of more like, all right, let's... It's very anticlimactic. Yeah. It was like, really quickly, I was really like, uh, yeah. why did we come back? But also, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm glad. Like, why did you come back at the time you did? Uh, It was just time. But we had to... When was it? We came back right before May. And we were moving uh, in June. And so we were like, okay, if we don't go now... We'll never go and we have to like start doing real world stuff and existing again um <clears throat> moving was the, my main draw of coming back otherwise like i mean i was really living very well there you're content <laughs> yeah i was stoked and then, yeah it was honestly pretty much just moving and then like the group we had like what five of us and it was just like whatever natural tensions come with that where it was just time yeah no definitely to, like, go and split up a little bit sure yeah <laughs> i'm i'm happy to hear that that was a factor i mean that's yeah you guys are only human so yeah definitely <laughs> it was i mean it was heaven up there but it was definitely not only heaven right 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 <laughs> no always yeah for sure and uh so since you got back you started working on a new project you have like a like a album out uh, yeah well i was working on it for a while before i started it mm -hmm. on accident sort of before i moved to california so it was like 2018 i put out a record that I really liked. And then I had two songs I made pretty soon after that. And I was like, okay, that these are like, I'll just wait and uh -huh. kind of compile songs and eventually it'll maybe turn into something. And then I moved and then like had a few more by then and then made a bunch more here. And I was like, okay, it was like building up and I got the concept all together. The record's called This Is A Bad Haiku. And so I eventually, once I thought of the title, I was like, okay, I want 17 songs. It'll be like five, seven, five, mm -hmm. do a haiku of in some sort. And then uh, in Mendo, I recorded none of it, So, I, which is crazy because we made so much music there. <laughs> but it was like, it was just like full 
group, like, we're here. At first, it was just like, oh, hey, we're here. Like, I bet we're going to record some stuff. Mm-hmm. That'll be cool. Because we all make music anyway. And then it just, like, really quickly started to prove, like, oh, we, like, should... We are good at this together. Yo, like, cool. we should make a stuff. So we yeah. formed, like, a group type of collective uh, there and made, like, enough songs for two records that are going to come out eventually. And then once I got back, it was kind of perfect because I was like, okay... I had my creative juices flowing so hard and I like was eager to do my own thing for a bit anyway. Mm-hmm. So I got to like come back and it wasn't quick, I guess, cause I finished it in like June, mid June, but like pretty much those two months I was like, okay, I'm just gonna finish this project. I really want to put it out. And then especially like two years is by far the longest I've purposely worked on one thing. Or like I'm pretty much, I'm usually a little bit l- like, I don't have that attention span musically. Usually. Right. It's more like, oh, make a few songs. Once I have enough that are cohesive and work, <laughs> put them out, keep making more. Like, yeah. I don't... It was hard. It was really cool. Like, I felt like an artist, like, sitting there and... Really editing. Having a concept. And, like, yeah, like, really yeah. editing. And, like, I put... I made it... Tried to make it, like, better than anything else right. before. And uh, that was cool. But, uh, yeah, it was... I think Mendo drove me to finish it in a better way. Mm-hmm. The songs are better. I learned a lot of music stuff when I was yeah. there. And... Yeah, it just like got those juices going, which is cool. <laughs> Why do you think this this project you spent or were more purposeful in trying to make it really good? Uh, the last album I made, I I made it kind of again not on accident, but it was like it was different than any music I'd made before. So I kind of like found my sound, air quotes, <laughs> like whatever the. Uh, least lame way of saying that is like i kind of like one day plugged in my headphones and mic and like i ate an edible and i was like fuck it i'm just gonna like go into this world and like put the headphones on and see what comes and then i made two of the songs on that last record like that day and i was like they were different they were weird and cool and like all like bluesy spoken wordy and like it was i finally felt like i was at a point in all the categories that I do musically where I can combine them all, like all the rap and guitar and like hip hop stuff that I can put together. And then, so those songs came out pretty quick of me once I hit that, once I, it's like I unlocked something and I was like, sick, this is cool. And then, so that was kind of like discovering what I wanted to sound like kind of and like what I could do. And then this one, it was kind of taking that and just amplifying it and pushing it. So it was like, it was less about that like uh, honeymoon phase of that, and it was more like, okay, I can really sit and like craft this now and like mm-hmm. make it as weird and fun as I want. <laughs> yeah, when it when it comes to like releasing a new project, like, do you ever feel like a kind of hesitation to put stuff out? Because I know I. I've had in the past, like, I've worked on something before, and for some reason I feel like this, like, like almost embarrassment that I would even want or even ask anybody to listen to it or watch it yeah, or do anything like that's that. That's the perfect way to put it because yeah. the, the content, I don't feel embarrassed by mm-hmm. or anything. I love the songs so much. And, like, especially the songs that I make are... It's not that they're more uh, vulnerable or anything. Like, everyone that makes music is is expressing themselves but it's like it's a lot of spoken word elements and so the lyrics are are everything to me 
and it's like everyone will have their own thing they'll they'll get attached to whether it's the lyrics or melody or whatever but it's that part i get a little hung up on because i'm like i'll show someone a song like a friend or something and i'm like sitting there like <laughs> this one like really specific yeah. nuance lyric it's like i'm like this is the best part it's coming up yeah. and like it might even go over everyone's head that ever listens and i'm yeah. like i've kind of gotten okay at accepting that but what you said is exactly how i do feel the only time i feel like hesitation or whatever is with regard to like presenting myself as an artist right it feels like it's just like if you if I make a song and people like it, it's like, whoa, that's cool. But yeah. once I say like, hey guys, I'm a music artist, listen to my song, then it's like it's this weird sort of pressure that comes with that where it's like and you do comedy, so right. especially it's exactly that. It's like you're a funny guy at a party, that's dope, everyone loves you. You go on stage and say, Hey, I'm about to be funny. <laughs> that's where the pressure comes from, you know? Yeah. And so it's like kind of like that and, and with this project since i put so much work into it it's the first time i really did that like i made an instagram page and like mm, whatever else yeah. i tried to like do some marketing and like mm-hmm. create an artist image of myself and it, right. that's the stuff i struggle with the most definitely for, it's like at the core of it my deepest truest self just would love to like make songs put them out not even package them really just uh-huh. like say like hey i'm brody I made this today. (laughs) And then eventually, hopefully people would like it. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's the whole like asking for attention Mm -hmm. part, which is like, it's tricky. Cause I do believe that the songs deserve them. I'm proud of them, but it's still like, I'll never be able to just shake that completely. Cause it's still like in a weird ego trip. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. And it's funny. You almost wish it like somebody could just without even saying it, if somebody just bumped into it one day yeah and exactly. they just happened like with you how you having to do any work exactly they just that found would it, be, be the best especially as like an low like small scale like indie music that i'm making like everyone like all my friends it's the same boat of like it's one thing when you hear of like a celebrity or whatever like oh post malone it's different like you know like he he's not the one telling you to right listen to his music ever because <laughs> he's like he's too big for that right and so it's like you innately take it a little more like serious like i know when i'm sending my songs out when they first come out like friends will check it some friends really like it and they do listen which is cool like and that like repeat listen is what makes it what makes you feel like oh people really do like it because everyone will listen once maybe they'll check it out but it's like it's hard to find that line of like who's doing it just because i'm their friend and they know me (laughs) who's like who's even seeing me as artist brody versus just like Hey guys, I made yeah. this thing, Brody, and it, it's so weird. I think about it probably an unhealthy amount. Even <laughs> no, I don't think it's that unhealthy an amount because if it is, then I'm extremely unhealthy because yeah. I think about that shit constantly. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Especially <laughs> you do comedy, like that's the one. That's like I feel like everyone would probably put that in their top three, like most nerve wracking yeah. ideas of like uh, performative things to do. Yeah, but I, you know, I also on top of doing the comedy, I also do. Um, you know, I made I made two short films, and I do this podcast. I've done other podcasts. So yeah. Projects like that can be very intimidating to tell people, like, "Hey, come check out my thing." True, especially a podcast, because I see. Obviously, podcasts are popping up more and more, but it's like, it's almost the same idea of comedy, where it's like, like, "Oh, hey, David, cool guy, what a great conversationalist." Yeah. But then it's different when you're like, "Hey, come talk to me." 
or hey, listen to me talk to people because I'm such a good person. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. It's that whole like. But that particular aspect, I think, applies to all artists because a lot of us want to do this as a living. Yeah. But we have this hesitation within us that makes it difficult for promotion, which has always been my worst part, which is why stand up got so hard in the later parts of me doing it. Where I felt like I just like kind of like what you said. I wish you could just people could just listen to it and like it and yeah, because that's the thing. Like when it. I when I I used to play in a couple bands and stuff in and out, and it was like I always said, and I tr- I don't have the proof, but I truly truly believe it. And I think I've heard people agree with me many many times. Where like I'm playing in a band, and I would rather pl- I would be less nervous playing to like a thousand strangers than the fifteen of my friends that show up at yeah, the bar that it's night. Same for me. Because it's like yeah. It removes that. There's no more divide anymore. Yeah. Like with a thousand strangers, they came to see a musical artist. Mm-hmm. I happen to be that guy. Yeah. My friends, it's like they're seeing a part of me that yeah. some of them might not know yet. Right. They might not like see me that way or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's it's like in my head. My parents came to my first show ever when <laughs> I was in a band in high school, and it was like the worst thing ever for some reason. Like I just, it was so weird because I was like grateful that mm-hmm. they were proud of me, whatever. It was also weird because I like was in like a metalcore band where it was like they're they're not gonna like the music no right. matter what. <laughs> and so, <laughs> but yeah, I just remember being like so, like almost mad at them yeah. for coming. Like I was like, no, I I completely it get was that. So strange. Yeah, and it's, it's so we we met I think doing the improv class. I was doing I was teaching improv. Yeah. Um, through the Oceanside Collective or whatever, and. You know, like, I'm able to, like, teach that now. Like, I'm comfortable enough that I've performed improv on stage multiple times, and I can teach it to other people. But when it came, like, when I was going to get into improv, there were some friends that wanted to do the class with me. And I said, no. Like, teach it with you? No, like, um, like uh, this is when I first started. Oh, they when I was going to take, take my you? first classes, they, were, they wanted to take the classes with me. I'm like, I can't. Yeah, like, I feel like something it was, like, that. almost a perfect... Like, that's why Oceanside Conscious Collective, hopefully revamps again because it was like doing exactly that it was kind of serving as breaking that mold where like it was a it's a group of friends but it's like it's very clearly open to anyone right and so like you were maybe only knew uh a couple of us or randy or whoever and it's like people it, it opened those doors for like oh we're it kind of brought an audience to things. Yeah. We're like, oh, we put on an open mic and like, and half of us are performers mm-hmm. and we all like art. And so like, yeah, we've already got a good foundation and then people will come. So it kind of like, I think helps going along lines. with your theory that you said about like your parents coming to the show, the group that you guys formed is kind of a group that came into the group as artists. So you, you, they met the artist Brody, not the, the yeah, guy your parents cool. know. <laughs> and it kind of like, exactly, yeah. And it kind of happened like, like, a, like so serendipitously, it was insane. Like yeah. I had moved here and I literally bumped into half the group just on the street. Like that's how I met some of my closest friends in California. It's just yeah. like, we just met. Like it's no way. We just like bumped into each other and we're like, oh, hey, let's be friends. And yeah. Like, hang out all the time. And then, <laughs> so it was easy to like... And I was at the age, yeah, where it's like I had made enough music and stuff where it was like, okay, I can be just a homie and, like, that's me. But, like, they'll learn about it so early in the friendship that it's not a surprise later mm-hmm. or whatever. And so it's like – or it's not something new. So, yeah, everyone was kind of like that. And even slowly we'd, like, draw art out of people sort of, like, some people that didn't really create make – Yeah, they didn't really create too much on their own. They started coming to the art nights that we were doing and it was like – 
next thing you know, they're like drawing, painting all the time. And it's like, what that does for your brain, I think is just the best. Like the more you're creative, the you'll be better at everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, th- yeah, I definitely, uh, it does something and it's kind of unexplainable. And it seems like you, like, especially talking to other artists, it seems like a necessity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like once it, it's like an exponential thing. I think like once you, once you see for me, it was like, I had always like, I don't know, been at least into creativity and I've been creative and like liked art and like made art my whole life. But it's like, I moved to Boston from New York when I was 18 and I went there to study architecture and across the street or like sort of sharing a campus was, um, mass art and art Mm -hmm. school. And that's where most of my friends were at, at the time that I made at first. Um, pretty much all of them actually I didn't really make any friends in my school (laughs) they were just like we just had it just made sense you know they were all just artists and we we got along in a lot of ways and it was the most the biggest surge of creativity in my life I've ever like noticed maybe not been around but like it was a really conscious like moment where I was like oh like these people just like the way they were problem solving the way they were like existing in their day to day life I was like it was so inspiring I was like these are real like I was just meeting artists on artists on artists and they was like it was so it was yeah it was just inspiring like I would just see them and I noticed it right away where I was like the way I would tackle problems or this or that like immediately was amped up and just like improved tenfold and so that idea has stuck with me forever where like the more creative you the more you tap into your own creativity Mm -hmm. the more the more you'll have to tap into I guess. Well, you have a drive, I think. Once you once you realize you found your place, yeah. you have a drive to get better at it. And when you're surrounded in a community, like you want to be as good as them, you want to be better than them, you want them to see you. Yeah. Like that's like how it was for the comedy community when I came into it, and I found other people that were so similar to me, in like just our neurosis, I guess. <laughs> but then also like I started getting to the point where it's like, oh, this funny person, I want them to think I'm funny too. And yeah, I want them definitely. to see my set and think, oh, you know, they want them to come up to me afterwards and say, that was a good set, you yeah. know, so, so just, just, just like I do to them. Yeah. And so there's that drive to constantly be improving yourself, improving your community, you know, building yeah. something but I feel like it was cool. The Oceanside Conscious Collective came together in a really cool way because it wasn't like we're not all painters or drawers or musicians or there's nothing specific, really. It's just like if you express yourself at all, you're in the club. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's awesome because then it's like, like you just said, like you'll be around people where it's like, oh, maybe I'm good at this, but my friend is really good at this. And I see him do it all the time. So that draws me to want to, like, be as good as them. But, like, I can also, in the meantime, help them with what I'm good. So it was just, like, overall expression. I gained, like, the biggest uh, appreciation for, like, general expressiveness during that during that time of, like, all those art nights and just open mics and everything. Because it's, like, you really just take down any, like divisiveness and it's just all like if you're making art you're making art Mm -hmm. and like that's sick yeah that's cool that there was that kind of community that was built into into the north county scene because i remember when i started 
doing stand-up, I had to drive, because I live here in North Carolina, I live in Vista, yeah. so I had to co- drive to San Diego constantly to be doing the open mics there. And since I didn't want to have to be driving all the time, I'd hit up op- like music open mics yeah. closer to home. And for the longest time, those were like the worst to go to. Yeah, it I definitely didn't seem like there was like a mutual appreciation for art and expression. No. It seemed like <laughs> musicians were always like so douchey, and I fucking hated being around them. <laughs> I fucking started hating musicians for like a long period of time. Yeah, I've been to the I've been to those open mics and seen the one, maybe two comics, like just how uncomfortable they feel almost yeah. and it's like so upsetting because it's I'm always stoked whenever there's a comedian at an open mic ever but <laughs> it's just weird it's weird like the vibe change where like I can tell it's not even like a as if people aren't stoked but it's almost like they don't They're know nervous. how to respond or something yeah like mm-hmm. it's like yeah, they almost don't know how to respond to it happening. Like, they're yeah. just like, oh, like, whoa, we just saw four people play songs on yeah. the guitar, and now, like, this person's telling jokes. Like, yeah. How, do I need to act different? Like, it's like a, you, it's a you weird do, energy it is shift. weird. But also, stand up is like, I feel like, needs to be in such a specific setting all the time that it is difficult for you to try to insert yourself into that thing. Yeah, I've actually seen, I think it, well, I think I'll, uh, I'll say, I think we helped to hopefully break down that wall a little and hopefully it keeps you happening because I saw I went to a house show um, where was it I think it was in Encinitas La Jolla maybe mm-hmm. somewhere a little bit more southern but still northern county and it was um, this band Swimming in Circles shout out they it was an it was a show like a proper show that they were hosting and but the, all the openers were comics. Oh, wow. So before each musical guest was a comic. Mm-hmm. And it was so sick. Like, I didn't know anyone there. It was like a friend of a friend kind mm-hmm. of told us about it. And we showed up and it was like, first dude did comedy, then music happened, and then a break, and then a comedian, and then a band play. And it was like, I hope so much that more stuff like that happens. Yeah, no, I, I mean, was I was so awesome. going to do a house show right before COVID. <laughs> And I really, really, really want one to, I really want to put one together once this whole thing dies down a little bit more. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, that's, especially, it was crazy, let alone the, 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 like, discipline blending. But it was like, I came here from Boston last year. And so in Boston specifically, that whole, like, Northeast, but Boston as a city is just, like, house shows everywhere Mm. all the time. I used to put them on sometimes. Yeah. You could go whenever you want. You could find one, and it was amazing. And that's like, is rent cheaper the energy. there? No, no, <laughs> okay. honestly, not really. Which is because <laughs> that would be my theory for California. Is like everybody like lives in a tiny place, so yeah. nobody has like a good house to actually have a show at. It was funny. <laughs> I was actually lucky. I was I was lucky that because I was unlucky because I lived in Boston, and people were like, "Oh, you're moving to San Diego. It's gonna be so expensive." And I was like, "Not really. Compare like it's pretty much exactly <laughs> the same to me." So I was like. Aha. Yeah. I'm already fucked. But <laughs> it depends uh, on the part of San Diego too, I guess. Like North County's still a little cheaper than yeah. like San Diego proper. Oh, yeah, Oceanside, shout out. When I was moving, <laughs> I right away realized that this is where it's at. Yeah. To like be able to survive. And it's close enough to everything that it's still it's still good. Yeah. I You're love still close Oceanside. enough to LA and San Diego that you can still do stuff, but I spent a little bit wishing I was like down south when I first got here maybe because I had checked out OB and stuff and I was like, Oh shit, this yeah. is like San Diego. But, <laughs> Nah, the more, especially with all the creativity we've been putting into this city, it's like Oceanside, it's got a good mix of like suburban beach, Mm kind of do whatever you want, 
type of vibe. It's cool. Yeah. But yeah, that I was weirded out at how many house shows didn't happen here. Mm-hmm. Like, like I just did wasn't see. I didn't even think about it. I was right. like, oh, I guess that's not a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know why they're so much more popular in the East Coast. I can only blame. I'm gonna go with the winters. I blame, I blame housing all the and weather. Because yeah. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, you got to be inside for stuff. Yeah, California. Oh, there's a lot more basements. Oh, that that's could be it too. That's a big thing. That they're, could they're be always help. in the basement. Mm-hmm. And so now that I think about it, that's probably a huge factor. That helps a lot because that means the better acoustics and stuff like that. Yeah. If you try like, to do something outside in San Diego, it's either gonna be like like uncomfortable or loud or yeah. you gotta you have like it. Find a setting. You have for to have it. good acoustics if you're gonna go outdoors. Yeah. Especially for stand up and stuff like that because you really need to be able to hear people. Yeah, exactly. It's really important. The basements. So yeah, I think we should. Get more basements here. <laughs> start building <laughs> the idea. Yeah, we should bring start basements to San food. Diego. With the basements, yeah, comes music <laughs> <laughs> and house shows. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, one more thing on the topic of, I guess, performing and stuff like that. It's it's cool that that you were so down to to do the podcast. Yeah, I feel sure. like as a like as an artist, another thing that can be difficult sometimes is like finding people that that you're comfortable with, like, saying, hey, help me with my thing. Yeah. Because it, it feels like, it almost feels like a judgment if they don't want to, even yeah. if it's not, even if it's not personal. It's, like, very intimidating to try to talk to people sometimes and convince them, like, hey, try out this thing that I do because, oh, like, yeah. I have so many like, people that don't respond, that won't even respond or say that they want to do it and then never do. That's probably the biggest <laughs> one, I bet. That's with everything. People, like, anything, because, like, I feel like it's probably this weird balance of like people hearing about it where they're like, initially their brain is like, oh, that's sick that yeah. he does that. And then it's like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then it's like, when it comes to like, okay, when do you, let's schedule this. It's like, uh, that reality sets in or whatever <laughs> they get nervous or whatever it is. Cause that's the same. Yeah. I feel like, I feel that same way too, though. When I would, if I'm like showing someone a new song, it's like, if they like talk, if they say one word, or if they like make a facial expression, I'm like, what's up? What's up? What's, up? what's happening? <laughs> or like, it's like, yeah, it's a being weird, judged. Like, but there's a difference between your art being judged and then like wanting to. It's almost like your artistry is being judged because it's not like, it's not like you're saying. Like, there's a difference between saying, "Listen to my song," or "Do you want to make a song with me?" Yeah. Because true. then it's like you think they're good enough that you want them to help you, yeah. but then it almost feels like. Y- they don't think you're good enough yeah. to spend time on it. it That's kind of how it I feel sometimes. Balance, especially podcasting for sure. Cause it's like, I've had friends or like people I've known made podcasts in the past. And like, I, I've had friends make podcasts that I didn't love. <laughs> and it felt weird. Cause I was like, it's different than if I don't like my friend's music, it's like almost like, okay, it's almost like it's okay. Like if someone tells me they don't like my music, whatever, you know, like I'm a little upset in a way, but it's more <laughs> like, especially the sounds I've been making are, it's very specific. Like I'm, I'm not really hurt by it too much, but it's a podcast is like, it's like, Oh, you didn't like me talking. Yeah. Like, or you didn't think I could speak well. Or right. It's funny. Or like, but it's not just that it's stuff. It's also stuff like asking people to like check out a script or be in a movie. Yeah. Like stuff like that, where I feel like it's just like, it's already so much pressure. And then when somebody doesn't say anything, it's like, yeah. Fuck, and it's like also what's wrong with me? one of those me? things too, that like people's eagerness 
naturally, specifically with like film and podcasting, will come so much with uh, like already. If you already had this hugely successful, giant, right. funded podcast, then, then you're like, like you yeah. wouldn't even have to ask anyone. They'll be asking <laughs> you all day. You know, and that's so what I like, want to get to eventually. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's funny. The way I see it is just kind of like it's cooler at the grassroots level in a lot of ways. I mean, I don't know. I've never experienced like stardom in any facet. Right. It's like, I can only imagine that's what people talk about when it's like, oh, like you didn't want to get on my song now. Like 10 years, let's say I'm a big hit. Yeah. And you're going to be emailing me to get on songs. It's like, fuck That's no. the only thing that gets me through anything. Yeah. Is, like, is the that idea that that could happen. Eventually <laughs> smack back. <laughs> That'll be, that's what it, it is real. Like as, even thinking like that sounds so funny to me sometimes because I'm like, yeah, even that is that weird ego thing where I'm like, uh, I'm like, I want that. But it's right. also like weird to say it to myself, assuming that or oh, like yeah. whatever, but it's still, it's real. I mean, if but you're not yeah, there's with people when they're small, like, yeah, then what, what, then you're just looking for like, you're just trying to promote yourself at that point. Right. It's like, that's lame. I, I, I like what you're saying about the ego thing, though, because there is such a delicate balance. Like, we, I guess, have been expressing that we're pretty humble people. We don't want to, like, really impose ourselves and push ourselves as an artist person. But we are artists, and when we have success and stuff like that, that it does feed the ego. That's yeah. what I love about stand-up so much is it feeds the ego. Have you, like, I've been on shows or, or you know, done spots and stuff like that, and I just... When I when I get off and I I text my wife like how the show went I'm like dude I fucking killed it <laughs> and that's like just that is the best feeling yeah. <laughs> I've played shows and stuff yeah, yeah it's just like I've either gotten off stage and been like oh that was cool yeah and that's almost weirder because someone will come up to you and be like that was sick and you're like yeah. sure like, yeah you're like oh yeah I guess like, yeah but yeah, it's I like 100 agree the few times I got off stage and was like wow that was that was sick like, yeah that was amazing it's the best feeling in the whole world uh-huh. nothing is like yeah that. but then that's why we. In a lot of ways, that's what we do it for. So it is yeah. a weird, delicate balance between the ego and that kind of like us wanting to be like free artists that are a feel above, <laughs> feel true. like enlightened above this certain things. <laughs> it is true. It's like, yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you make something that you're proud of to know what's, what exactly to do with it. What's the best thing to do with that thing that you yeah. just made? <laughs> and like how to... How to get it around. Like, it just puts me in a weird headspace sometimes where I'm like, I see celebrities and whatever, and it's just like, it's hard to imagine that they are normal at all. Right. Like, it's hard to imagine that they ever would even think about doing them, utilizing the techniques I use to promote or anything. Like, it's just like, it's just such a strange divide that I I get so in my head about it. If If I'm forced to, like... It almost it almost comes up only out of like not bitterness, but it's like some frustration or something. If I'm like do sending fifty emails to try and promote this album and getting like three responses and it's like uh, like fucking <laughs> Harry Styles is not sending these emails. <laughs> no one is like yeah. no one is for him. He just people here he's doing like it's yeah. like it's crazy that people are at that level. Something to strive for though. It's no, cool. definitely, yeah. And that's cool. One of the things about doing the podcast and talking to people is like learning that kind of stuff that you don't really get to see when you're just talking to a person like at an open mic and just the real rough basics of what's going on with them. It's like you don't get to find out like 
the struggle of like, hey, I did this thing, but this is the stuff that came with it. Like I put yeah. on an album, but I'm not telling you about how frustrating it was to be sending emails to try to get people to listen yeah. to it. That's the kind of shit that's like super fascinating I saw, as a I fellow first saw entertainer. You perform at an open mic at Eve before we ever met. Yeah. And that was cool. <laughs> was like, that's great that to know. Funny. And then we ended up like, I took your improv class. So yeah. I was like, that's so awesome. Many ta- so many things like that in my life here in Oceanside. Something in the energy is like, I'll like yeah. see someone one day, two months later, they're like, I see him every day. Right. My friend. Or like, I'll bump into someone, like I said, and like, it just like clicks. Like mm-hmm. something is just like, oh, hey, like, let's be friends. Yeah. And like, that's inter- really That's crazy. interesting that you say that you saw me at Eve's because that's like, I fucking hated that show. <laughs> I used to hate going there. I don't know why I kept going. Because it was local, I guess, and there was an yeah. opportunity to get on stage. And usually there was a good amount of people. Those are the main yeah, reasons that was, I went. I feel that, yeah. It but was uh, every time that I signed out. up, I wanted to walk out before they called <laughs> my name. Damn. Especially, yeah, it must be... Do you, like, wait? Like, do you, do you hope... Is it... Uh, I guess... Would it be the best case scenario if you're, like... I don't you hoping the next person's a comic and then you or you rather see a comic before you that's a good question sometimes it helps if there's a comic on the show that's really bad yeah <laughs> true i mean i hate to say it but that's just the truth like if there's a really bad comic and then i go up it, it makes me look better truth because they're like oh this guy actually has joke structure and punchlines and like yeah you know actual like premises things like that that maybe this other person was just rambling so that is kind of a better case scenario i don't know what it is there's a mixture of like i i, I do this uh this open mic called Glassless Minds, it's mainly spoken word poetry. Ooh, and I started going there regularly. And so they kind of started to get to know me. But kind of like what you were saying earlier, they, got, they started getting to know me as the comedian. And yeah. so they were almost looking forward to it. And they were ready and engaged. Yeah. Whereas sometimes, like, especially like some more music open mics, it's like everybody's zoning out. They're not really paying attention. They don't really know how to react. And there's times when I've been able to kind of get them by surprise and it gets their attention enough that I have the attention to the room and I'm able to have a good set. And that happened a couple times. I I don't know what it was like the first time you performed at that open mic, but like the few spoken word performances I've been to are almost like the best, the most well-behaved audiences ever. Because it's like, it's poetry. Mm -hmm. If you're not there to listen to every word, why are you there at all mm. and like it's way more like at an open mic I mean I hate to say it like if I'm listening to a song and I'm not clicking with it maybe I will take that second to oh say something that I was waiting to say to my friend or like go to the bathroom <laughs> or whatever yeah. it's like it's easy to disengage especially if it's like oh I just heard 15 performers mm-hmm. do songs that like maybe I liked this that mm-hmm. like maybe I didn't like some but it's like I feel like spoken word no matter what you're yeah. Respect. You have to be a good audience member. Right. Well, we haven't done this yet, so let's hit, let's hit, hit a random word and see if we can generate some ideas for conversation based off this one. Uh, our next word is wash. Wash. Ooh, my uh, <laughs> name is Brody Walsh. Musically, I'm Brody Thomas. But that's not important for this story. <laughs> I uh, want in my life so badly something that I'll do to get rich. It's something that I will do if I'm ever, like, loaded with money, where I can just, like, make a business for fun. <laughs> for shits and giggles. Yeah. And I want to make 
uh, R and L body wash because if you take the R and L from my name, it spells body wash, and so that's my my dream. Brody. Oh right, body, okay. Body wash? <laughs> <laughs> There's a pirate joke in there somewhere, but that's a, that's my goal. Also wash. I having moved into that RV full circle. Yeah. I'm hoping to snag a shower at the beach after this because I'm trying to minimize my shower, my water usage in the RV as much as I can shower at public and friends. Actually that's more the word shower. Cause I didn't bring soap. So I technically won't be washing at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wash is reminding me. I remember I had written like back when MySpace was a thing. Ooh. I wrote like, I think it's that nostalgic part. That's some, some, there's some nostalgia in the air. Yeah. I remember when I was like really, because in high school I was like super fucking depressed. Yeah. And I remember just documenting a week of my life. Uh, when I was in, I think either like my freshman or sophomore year where I just didn't shower for a whole week. I mean, which I guess some people do and that's normal for them, but that's not normal for me. <laughs> and I would, <laughs> yeah, it was like normal. I was in like this weird routine where I just wouldn't shower. I sat on my couch collecting dust, eating the same meal for breakfast. I eat like, like four eggs for breakfast every single day and watch mad TV. Just the routine of it? Or? I think the routine was just like, this is what we have for food because we're poor. <laughs> and this is what's on TV at this time. True. I just sleep in till noon, eat my I'm eggs, watch mad TV. Showering. I have to be as gnarly as I can. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta fully commit to yeah. just like being stinky. I, I, and I remember just like <laughs> being so conscious of the fact that I'm doing this and I hate it and I hate myself. <laughs> was it, so did you document it and say like, okay, hey guys, I'm going to not shower for a week? No, I think, or well, I was noticing it as it was I happening. Noticed. And then middle of the week, I decided like, I'm going to talk about this because I feel like there's something to be acknowledged <laughs> in all of this about how much it's like. Definitely like you said, you yeah. need a <laughs> I just I need I just sat in it and I I needed to acknowledge it. It wasn't just the filth, but like the the mental <laughs> gunk that I was in at the time. <laughs> it's true. I mean, you wanted your external body to mimic your yeah. What you believed your internal body was one hundred percent. I didn't even think about it that way until now. But that's the same reason that I used to like do things to myself. Like I used to burn myself and stuff Ooh. and punch myself in the face. Ooh. And part of that. Yeah, I wanted to like try to bruise myself and similarly for that because I wanted to feel on the outside how I felt on the inside. It's weird. And I think that was the first the first bit of it was just that kind of like I'm going to sit in my own filth and really (laughs) contemplate it. I deserve a shower. (laughs) Showers are for good people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fun fact about wash. I stopped shampooing or conditioning my hair about probably three years ago. Wow. I hear that's good for your hair. I've only done it. I've only shampooed like maybe four or five times yeah. in those three years and my hair doesn't stink. So <laughs> highly recommend it. Yeah. I put some coconut oil once in a while. That That's like the opposite of what I did though. I used to, I was a shampoo. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> You're like taking care of yourself and not doing this thing on purpose. True. <laughs> do you, do Myself. you have any, any masochistic tendencies at all? Uh, I guess mine would be more like mental. It's like beating myself up. 
myself up. Or, like, I'll, like, express them. Like, one of the songs on the record I just made is, like, from the perspective of someone else. Just, like, basically talking shit about me. Ooh, I, I like that. I found, like, that helps me <laughs> let some of that out. When mm-hmm. I was younger, it was a lot more, like, it was easier to kind of channel that into, like, skating almost. Where it was, like, if I'm scared, it was, like, it kind of is dark. But it was, like, yeah, like, oh, let me... I'll try this trick because, like, you kind of convince yourself, like, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, okay, yes, exactly. Yeah. That would be, like, I'll put myself in danger. Or, like, uh, getting tattooed sometimes is, like, I try to see it as, like, some sort of meditative, like, oh, let me, I'll use this two hours to, like, let out whatever pain I've wanted for a little while or something (laughs) like that. But not so much anymore, which is cool. I think I've channeled most of that into, like, Creativity. Art making, which, thank God, because I never was, like, <clears throat> gnarly, gnarly, but I think it was more just, it was less, like, oh, I hate myself ever. It was never really that for me. It was more, if I were to ever, like, harm myself in any way, it would just be, like, uh, not apathy in the sense of, like, nothing matters, but apathy in the sense of, like, does anything matter? Mm-hmm. Like, it would be just... <clears throat> Just sitting there questioning the world, feeling confused about whether this is real or not or whatever. So maybe yeah. it would come more along that lines of like, I just like, punch me, you know, for fun. Like, <laughs> let's just like punch each other or like punch me as hard as you want. Like, just because I want to see what that's like and like, what's the point of anything? Yeah. But it was like less... Less out of like a dark place Yeah when I was younger like I had like I dealt with like depression and things But they never really surfaced like that Yeah that's good And it was more Yeah just I mean still like the whole Most of the music I make is still just so much about Those questions Of Mm -hmm. like what I have a decent grasp on like what I believe The purpose is or whatever What the goal is of life in a way But it's like No matter how much I can believe it it's like i'm i have so many days where i'm just like what the hell is this place and what is going on what's the world what's it's just i can't yeah i can't imagine ever escaping those questions no definitely not yeah i think it's very presumptuous to think that you got it figured out yeah but even (laughs) even one percent yeah everyone's faking (laughs) everyone's just making up rules and trying to pretend they believe in them but then true to days, a big I'm extent. Like, the opposite of that. I don't know. It's like a big old whirlwind. Yeah. Do you think there's like a masochistic thing about performing sometimes? Because like I told you before, when I was going to like Eve's, I always, I always wanted to leave. Yeah. It was like that. It was like <laughs> uncomfortable to like it's put myself be. to doing that. When I first started performing, it's gotta be because like, why else? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like nothing else is really like that. Like you're going to have sex with someone, you feel good the whole almost time. Almost you feel the worst when it's over. <laughs> like, like if you're like you like feel good and then you're like, "Oh, I'm looking good. They're looking good. Let's flirt." And then yeah. it's like, "Oh, I feel good." And then the whole act feels good and yeah. then it's like and then it feels really good for a second and then it feels uh, like a just, uh, it depends on how it went, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> Dude, for the yeah, most yeah. part. This is uh, if you're hooking up with someone, that is what I'm imagining. But the, yeah, like when I first started performing ever, it was like the nerves that I would get were 
crazy. And they yeah. still are. Like, I just haven't performed in a while, so they're not in the forefront of my mind. But it's like, it's just like, I'll be at the open mics or whatever, just like going to the bathroom, trying to fucking shit like four times. <laughs> like, either nothing will come out or yeah. I'll have like some bad stuff come out of me where it's like, I didn't even eat. What This is just literally the physical representation of my nerves yeah. coming out of my butthole. Yeah. And it's Do like, you have like a certain routine that you try to like get yourself into a place where before you perform? Not really. No. I always liked to bring it back to Boston. The house shows when I was in a band, the the most like a uh, longest term band I was in, called the Half Rights. We played a lot of shows all over, so I got finally like kind of less nervous at least. Where it was like we were, I knew the material. Like we were in sync, and it was cool. It became like more fun than nerve wracking, and yeah. it was like. But we would start playing house shows in our basement. So we would kind of have parties, and we would turn the party into, like, okay, if you come early, it'll be, like, two hours of just open mic, whatever you want to do. Oh, cool. And then if a band plays, then, like, our band, because me and my bandmate live there, so we were, like, we're going to play at whatever, 10. And those shows became by far just the most fun thing in the world. They were, like, everything I always wanted, and Mm. so those... It, like, led me to believe that maybe a good show routine would be to just be drunk. Because I was <laughs> drunk. The sound didn't matter as much. Right. It was just homies. Like, we were just partying. And it was, like, right. it was awesome. And so, but that's not even it. I, I would love to say that I had, like, I had a couple warm-ups. That was kind of routine, like, vocal right. stuff. But it nothing crazy. Like, a, I would love to say, like, oh, I would eat a lozenge, do my <laughs> warm-ups, <laughs> uh, sing this song, yeah. and take one shot or whatever. But... Not so much. It would just mostly be trying to not be nervous. <laughs> like right. Trying to chill until I was on stage. And then, like, a couple songs in or whatever. Is, that's what's cool about a show, which I'm interested if it's similar with stand-up. Because, like, open mics, I'm nervous the whole time. Okay. Because I'm playing, like, one song. And it's like, I'll go up. And then I'm, I'm, not nerv- I'm less nervous after the song. Mm-hmm. And then if I, like... So when I would play shows, it's like... Okay, first song, second, whatever. Maybe I messed up in my head or I think it was like, oh, I could have done better. And then you feel that, like, the nerves shake off mm-hmm. after that. People clap for you and you're like, oh, cool. Like, hey, guys, you got to, like, start telling jokes and doing that. It becomes so much more comfortable, yeah. Yeah. So, I think it just depends on, like, how you think it's going to go. Like, if it seems, like, open mics can be difficult sometimes because it feels like, you're there to fail. Like, that's what open mics are Kinda, for comedians, yeah. especially. It's like you're there not so that you can have a great show, so that you can work on the stuff that you need to work on, and it's kind of like practice. Whereas a show, there's expectations, so if it looks like it's like a good show, there's not a lot of nerves. You're just, like, excited. Yeah. You know? But if it's, like, a tough crowd, it's, like, more... It's, it's like you... There's more expectation to please them, and so there's more nervousness because of that. Yeah. Like Like, doing an open mic, it's almost like... You know, like being a sheep on the way to slaughter. <laughs> 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 that is true. But like, there's like a different type of nervousness where it's like expectation for a show, where it's like these people, you know. Yeah, they paid money. They, 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 <laughs> yeah, they're there, and you want to impress them. You want to make them happy, and for some reason, like sometimes, like you can't get yourself to that point, and that can be. Yeah. Like that. That's where the nervousness and the and the, the all that stuff comes from. I think. Yeah, I think that's what, like I said earlier, like when I said, like, oh, I'd rather play to a thousand strangers than ten friends. It's yeah. like, I feel like these are the times that 
it's almost like the rite of passage, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Now, my past shows, now shows, and future shows I'll have are the rite of passage of, like, you've got to... <laughs> I kind of convince myself of that, where I'm like, that helps me get less nervous sometimes, where I'm like, I'm not the only person playing to five people in a bar right. in the world. There's lots of people that do this. And so that makes me feel at least normal. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I'm there, yeah, and I'm like... I'm like, why, why am I doing this? <laughs> what, what is this? Why did I just sign up for this, like, weird feeling and then this weird experience to follow it? For sure. <laughs> but, yeah, I think it's just, like, hopefully hopefully it's a steady incline of, like, shitty until it's not. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I would love to think so. I'd love to think that maybe I eventually put in the hours where it's just, like, not awful all the time. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe Maybe we'll get there one day. All right, well, that's, we're making good time on this podcast, so I guess before we go, is there something specific you want to plug? Plug that record. This is a bad haiku. Brody okay. Thomas, available everywhere. For You can find it for free. You can pay for it if you want. It's on Spotify. I don't know if you count that as free. It's like you're paying for that. You're <laughs> uh, Spotify, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. SoundCloud's free as fuck, yeah. so boom. Uh, everything, Apple Music, it's everywhere, YouTube. Cool. And uh, hopefully Oceanside Conscious Collective is coming back after COVID is, you know, a little more relaxed. Yeah. Whenever that may be, because we do a lot of events. So there's really no telling. Mm-hmm. Our, our whole business plan is just based on events being allowed to happen. So <laughs> that'll hopefully be eventually. But yeah, just music, just music for now. Cool. And chilling. Nice, man. All right. Well, appreciate it. Thank you for being on. Boom. Thank you so much.